I am happy today to have John Schaffner on my show, who is training to be an astronaut and will be going to space in October of 2022, if I'm correct. Uh, well, hopefully that early, but now I think the launch window may have pushed out to earliest, maybe November uh, 2022. Right on. How are you doing today? Very good. Thank you. Nice to be here with you. Thanks. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to spend some time uh, on the Jacob Beer Show. Um, so my first question really isn't a question, but it's what made you interested in space? And for some people who might not know who you are, who are you and what are you doing next year? Ah, okay, cool. Um, my name is John Schaffner. I, I live here in Knoxville, Tennessee. I've been a space fan my entire life. I wanted to be an astronaut when I was eight years old. In fact, a few of my classmates in the third grade, we formed a young astronauts club. And uh, that was back in the day when Gemini was flying. So we were all great fans of that. And I can't remember a single flight that I did not follow all the way through the Apollo program. It was very impressive to me. Um, but I've spent my whole life looking to the stars and uh, I've done a lot of amazing things in life. And now I get a chance to come back and participate in what was my true passion. And I'm really excited about that. That's awesome. And um, you're also, you're, you're a racer as well. You've raced some pretty incredible different types of cars. Before getting into space questions, would you be willing to share about what those experiences have been like? Yeah, well, yeah, it was a long road to get there. I didn't start racing until uh, much later in life, but uh, uh, I've been uh, an airshow pilot. I started flying when I was a teenager, so I've been uh, a pilot my entire life. Um, skydiver, over 3,000 skydives, a couple hundred base jumps, uh, flown hang gliders, um, raced bicycles, um, whitewater kayak around the world. Um, and I rode across the U.S. in 18 days on a bicycle. And I ended up with a chance to drive a race car in, in Europe. So I formed a team there about 10 years ago. And my wife and I actually uh, run the team. It's an endurance team. So we take turns driving with other drivers. Um, you know, very big cars, GT3 cars, AMG, Mercedes. Uh, it's been a successful team. This last year is the first year I've not raced in eight years because I'm taking that time off to uh, enjoy training at the Johnson Space Center to fly to the International Space Station, which is a huge honor. Um, and a chance to fly with the impressive Dr. Peggy Whitson, uh, one of America's most famous astronauts with 665 days in space and three days in spacewalk. She helped build the space station. Uh, and now she's my commander and I get to fly with her as the pilot on a Dragon uh, SpaceX capsule, you know, for our trip in about a year to the space station. Right on. Which the Dragon capsule, I've seen so many photos of it. It is, it, I mean, it, it's, it's so beautiful. Uh, so my first question is, what is it like doing training right now? Um, of course, you're, you're doing it at Johnson Space Center, you said. Mm -hmm. um, about this, for some of our guests who might not know, Axiom Space is a new commercial space agency, and they're building onto the space station, but in a commercial port at the moment, I believe. And they're doing a few flights next year, and they're taking the uh, uh, SpaceX Falcon 9 crew capsule to the space station mm -hmm. for 10 days, it is. Uh, so what is it like training for that right now? Well, the, the program is with Axiom Space, the company that's building the next space station, uh, which they have a contract to attach to the ISS, and their first module will fly in 2024. 
So our training is, is by their guidance uh, under NASA at Johnson Space Center. Uh, we train alongside in the facilities, all the same training facilities alongside current astronauts. Um, and Johnson Space Center is such an incredible place. You know, I grew up as a kid watching all the Gemini and Apollo launches and they all trained at Johnson Space Center. So to have a chance to train there uh, with the amazing men and women of NASA uh, to train on all the systems of the ISS and also to train at SpaceX on the Dragon capsule, it's an incredible experience. It's, it's, uh, it's something I waited for and imagined what it would be like my entire life. So um, it, it is truly, truly incredible. It's, it's very impressive. I consider it sacred ground. Johnson Space Center, walking around the campus uh, in the facilities, um, being trained in the same fashion, um, because that's what NASA requires to go to the International Space Station. At this point, NASA requires anyone to qualify as an astronaut. Uh, even though I won't be a NASA astronaut, I will still be required to meet the same qualifications. Interesting. So just as much training as anybody else who's going on any of the other uh, rides on the uh, Dragon capsule. What would you say you're looking most forward to um, when you go up in the year? <laughs> well, there, <laughs> there are, are three cool moments. There's a million things, right? Um, uh, I actually enjoy the training. The, um, you know, being a student of space and space flight for so many years, going through the process, anything that I do, whether it's race car driving or uh, skydiving, I enjoy the preparation process and the thought process of preparing for the actual event. And that's, um, that's what I enjoy here in this, the space flight, the actual launch and space flight is about a year away. But this process of developing an understanding of what it takes to perform in space and to, and to be successfully embedded on the ISS so that you are a safe crew member and a, and a reliable crew member because there's a lot of safety training for emergencies. So that part I like, so I'm enjoying that. But I think if, if, to answer, I think your question was more directed to the flight itself, but if you imagine yourself after everything you've done and you, can, and you are an astronaut strapped down in the seat what are those last five seconds like before lunch? What, what, what are you thinking? What's your state of relaxation? And what are you doing? What's in your mind at the five, four, three, two, one? And the uh, Falcon 9 rocket ignites, you feel it begin to rumble, and there you go off into space. So that's gonna be an interesting moment. Um, the moment where we first achieve orbit, and that we catch up to the International Space Station and we get our first real look at that beautiful ISS machine as we approach it, that will be a great moment. And then the final moment, Jacob, I look forward to is on re-entry when we're whistling through the atmosphere and we just come through the main portion of the re-entry deceleration. I'm waiting for the kick of the parachutes. <laughs> I think everyone will be happy when you get to that point, you know, after a successful mission that the parachutes and the canopies deploy and there you are coming back after, after that whole experience of doing all of that, that will be pretty amazing for me. Wow. And I'll actually be watching it, uh, maybe even potentially, so I'll be a senior in high school next time, maybe even potentially coming down to Florida to see the launch in person. So we'll see <laughs> um, how yeah, my school schedule works. Um, 
because I've never seen a rocket launch yet. What would you say is something that you that you would say is probably more the most challenging part of training at the moment? Is that you know those G forces and understanding all that stuff? Is that when they make you go on the machine and you're spinning around? What would you say the most challenging part is? Yeah, you know the um, the the first thing that comes to your mind about you know an astronaut is you think about things like that the physical challenge. And uh, that used to be a great part of the, a huge part of the protocol back in the 60s because NASA did not understand what, what astronauts would endure, what forces that they would you know, have to survive and how the human body responds to this. And we know now that, yes, there are things that, that go on in the G forces of launch and recovery and things that are quite great, but a, it's a normally well-fit person anyone that's reasonably athletic, uh, these things are uh, not a huge event, as long as you're trained to be, to expect them, see how you react to those. So the training to that degree is a little less emphasized today. Uh, we have to meet you know, all the standard mil uh, um, medical requirements and we do experience uh, G-force training both in zero G uh, uh, flights as well as in centrifuge flights. Uh, we undergo some altitude uh, qualification where we get familiarization for hypoxia and CO2 training and, and various things like that. But a big deal of the training today, since a lot of that, those things are normalized and they're well understood, it's training on systems on the ISS and on the Dragon capsule. Uh, Axiom wants to see us perform uh, to NASA standards uh, and go there and be able to manage ourselves successfully on board the ISS in the event of any emergency. We may be required to operate any of the systems on the ISS or the Dragon capsule. Uh, so a lot of the training is academic and focused on systems knowledge and performance during off nominal situations or in the case of any emergencies uh, that might occur. Uh, so it's, it's highly academic at this point is probably the greatest part of what we're what we're doing today. Wow. And uh, what would you say, what are some of the activities and things that you're planning to do when you are in space for 10 days? Uh, well, we've got a lot of cool things going on. Um, uh, you know, fortunately, Axiom is able to, they're a science-based company building a space station for the future. Uh, they have a, a, a huge team of researchers and scientists that are able to help us build science packages in support of current NASA programs. So we're being assigned projects uh, to support some valid science that goes on today for, from researchers on the ground that have been wanting to get science into orbit, where the current payload schedule and, and capacity of the current NASA mechanism is overloaded or has a long, long wait list. As new flying private astronauts, we're able to take up some of those science packages. Uh, as an example, uh, we have a company called 10X Genomics that's participating in, uh, they're a single cell research company. They make products and services for single cell researchers, uh, science, life science companies. They have some new products that we think will be valuable for researchers. So we're taking up some of their processes and products um, that we can test on orbit that would take years to get into orbit through the normal mechanisms of uh, NASA science today because the, the waiting list is very long. So that's one of the benefits of the private astronaut program and commercial astronauts is 
that we can we represent an expansion of the ability in, in man hours in, in human resources to do additional things. So I'm excited to be part of that. I've been a life science researcher, uh, not researcher, but life science supporter and investor for a long time. Uh, so we know that there are companies that have cool things that they want to test and to do in the microgravity environment in low earth orbit. So we're gonna help them get some of those things to orbit. Wow, that's awesome. And um, just two other questions. One is, um, what are your thoughts on commercial space travel as a whole, of course, um, not, there's a lot of different ways right now. There's Virgin Galactic, which is gonna start more uh, human flights next year. They've had one this year. Blue Origin, which is gonna have one on Saturday. I just interviewed somebody who went on their October mission. Right. Uh, and then also SpaceX with what they're doing with Axiom Space through 22 to 25, an inspiration for a mission that they just did. Where do you see us headed? Uh, you know, what are your thoughts overall? Well, it's an exciting time to, to be in the space program. You know, maybe you saw just yesterday and NASA, NASA announced the you know, newest 10 young astronauts yes. uh, from the candidate list. Man, wouldn't that be cool? Um, this, you know, the era of space, human spaceflight is coming back in a big way. And the, the actually we, we need, I guess, credit some of the commercial space entities like SpaceX and like Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic that are bringing back the interest in space. Um, and I think when you bring back the interest and you reignite certain passions in people or in companies, they, they can see that there is a pathway to be involved. Previously, it was kind of muddled about you know, space, but how do we get to space? And now these companies are showing us that it's accessible and it's happening on a routine basis. And this will become more and more active and will open the doors for so many more people to participate and for companies to get involved. It's just gonna be incredible the next 10, 20, 40 years in what we're doing in space and what we're able to accomplish is exciting. Um, I won't be around to enjoy all of that, but I'm really happy that it came back soon enough for me to get involved um, like I would have wanted otherwise you know, 40, 50 years ago. Absolutely, and I tell people uh, in class, you know, whenever they ask me, I'm always like, our generation is going to get the chance to go to space. Not all of us might not be going on an orbital flight or something, but the suborbital flight, give it 20, 30 years, the cost will be down to as much as a plane ticket to London potentially, and you will have that chance. Yeah, um, you go up for the weekend. That'll be Exactly, cool. right, which, you know, hey, we might even be able to one day do a class in space. Our grandkids might have that chance. Um, what? And then just real quick. Uh, of course, a lot of suborbital flights are happening now, Blue Origin, Virgin Galactic. Did you ever consider potentially going on one of those flights before going on, on an orbital flight? Or what was your thought process? You just tried to go straight on to an orbital flight. What was it like for you? Uh, well, you know, you know, I'm more of the orbital guy, you know, because I because I, uh, I'm old enough to have experienced and, and know closely what was going on in Gemini. And I want to, I'm a pilot and I want to be a pilot. So having the chance to be the pilot of the Dragon capsule, even though it's highly automated and it pretty much flies itself, we're still required to participate in what the computer is doing and make some decisions and support ground control. So, you know, I'm a hands-on guy like that. So I like the cockpit scene. So the ability to fly that, and uh, I want to experience the training of an astronaut, of a, of what NASA considers an astronaut today. So this is this is the pathway for me to do that. 
the other experiences are, are quite interesting and good. Uh, you get a suborbital flight. It happens pretty quickly. Training is minimal. But I like, the, <laughs> I like the pain and punishment of the long, hard training. I, I like Absolutely. the heads down, you know, make me learn something that's hard. Um, and that's what Peggy Whitson tells me all the time. Said, man, it's, it's just, a, it's just all-nighters and it's just hard work with a stack of three-ring binders. And I said, that's, that's what I want. I want to be tested and made. When I get in that seat on the launch pad, I want to feel like, you know, I was an astronaut. Absolutely. And, and just speaking of it just real quick, it's uh, my final question. Uh, over, since you're not currently at the facility right now, you'll be going back uh, in January. Are you doing any studying right now this week or anything in your spare time with the uh, SpaceX or Axiom program about the, or about the flight coming up next year? Yeah, yeah. Peggy and I have study dates once a week. Even though we're not training, we still get on a Zoom call like this. And, and my study tables over here with, you know, all my study materials. And we'll pick a scenario, uh, either an ISS training scenario, an emergency or something we're required to do. Or we'll, we'll train on a, a, a Dragon capsule scenario. And we continue to go through systems. Um, and, and that's the requirement of an astronaut is more things need to be in your head that than are on paper because you need to have immediate recall and, and take an immediate action. So we're, um, the training actually is about a 15 month training cycle for us. It's just the holiday season. We have a, a bit of a break here, but we still, Peggy wants the same thing I want. We want to get in the capsule and go to the ISS and perform. We want to do a good job for Axiom and a good job representing Axiom and private space flight to NASA, because this is brand new to NASA. That's the one thing that I've learned going in here is NASA has said, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll accept private flights to the space station, but they love their space station. And it's a very, very cool machine. It's incredible. You know, it's systems and procedures and the people that built it, designed it and operate it on the ground and in orbit, that NASA wants to be sure that private people, private companies can go there and perform adequately in a safe manner. So our job is to do that, is to get our level of training up to a point to the level, same level of professionalism that NASA conducts and requires of their professional astronauts. And we love that. Uh, it's, it's fun, we learn a lot. And when we go there, we'll be able to perform and conduct uh, either our research or create a pathway. That's what we think we're doing here is creating a solid pathway for further commerce industries and people to follow. We're demonstrating that this system works. It can perform within the NASA um, uh, methodology and that Axiom, when they come on board with their station, we will have developed a lot of good procedures for private flyers like I am to come in. We know how to train private people, we know what is needed uh, to be trained to, and we know what maybe we don't need to train to. Uh, so we're actually pathfinding here a little bit to understand how future flyers, future private astronauts can come into this system and Axiom's new system and go to orbit and do things that are commercially oriented, that are uh, valuable to people on earth and learn uh, what it takes to uh, live long-term in space and eventually go to the moon and Mars. Because that's the one thing you didn't ask about is 
Are we going to Mars? Are we going to the moon? And the answer, yes. Yes. <laughs> and, just, <laughs> and just one other thing, after just before I got on this call today with you, um, I looked at there's even a potential chance that um, they might send astronauts to uh, Venus. Of course, we cannot really land on Venus because of how hot it is and some of those issues. Mm -hmm. But the atmosphere there between 20 and 30 kilometers, I believe it is, you could actually have a blimp there and it's you could live in it is what they said. And they're somewhat looking into those. Some people think we should go there before Mars. That's another debate. But there's even a chance for that to potentially happen in my lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's awesome where we are today. And the, the advent of commercial space today and all the excitement, that's what's gonna create those possibilities is we get people thinking. We get you thinking about going to space, your friends thinking about it, um, other individuals that have the notion or the, the, the passion about space. They'll be creating companies, they'll be going to space and doing awesome things in the next 10 or 20 years. Uh, because we, we need to understand what our capabilities are long-term, either in Earth orbit, uh, lunar orbit on the surface of the moon. Uh, there are plans for a lunar base uh, that NASA has. That's, you know, where they're headed. And eventually to Mars, you know, Absolutely. If you, you know, Mr. Mr. Musk wants us to be there, but, and we will. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of learning, you know, that we need to need to accomplish to get there. Absolutely. And just one last question. I just want to sneak in about Mars. If you ever had the chance to go to Mars in 10 or 15 years, would you go? Uh, well, the unqualified answer is yes. You know, I'd have to, you know, I'd have to tell my wife that, you know, I wouldn't be back for a while, but it's, um, yeah, you know, I think the people that do that, you know, it's, you know, th that's going to be an interesting challenge. Um, we, ha we have a lot to learn before we can consider doing that safely, even though we might build machinery that could fly there and land there, uh, you know, cosmic radiation and the effects on, on the human genome, uh, health concerns for long-term space exposure. Uh, we, we're just still learning, you know, how that's going to be possible. Uh, and of course, the machinery, you know, the, the ability of technology is still really young on, even though it sounds like it's getting close. Uh, we, we have to develop a lot of things. So all things in time, we'll go to uh, the lunar orbit first, have a space station in lunar orbit, a base on, on the lunar surface that gives us a chance to learn how to exist in those types of environments, you know, in and out. And, uh, and we're close to home. If we have a problem, we're not too far away. Um, but yeah, I would go, I would say, you know, it's, you know, the, the, the John Schaffner that was 10 years old would say yes. Uh, it's a bit late for me, perhaps. Right on. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah. So anyway, I need to ask you, what's, what's, are you, what do you, what's your passion then? Would, you know, you, you seem to like space a lot. So yeah. Sure. So I like space a lot. I actually interviewed an Apollo 7 astronaut. Um, that Walt was Cunningham. Crazy. Yeah. Walter Cunningham. Yeah, that one was, I was not expecting to get him on my show. I was not expecting to get any Apollo astronaut on my show. Mm -hmm. There's only nine or 10 left overall through all of the ones. Sure. Um, but yeah, <laughs> space is my passion. Yeah, you know, one thing I, I listened to his interview uh, with you, by the way. Uh, one thing he said that was entirely correct was the training, when you ask about training, the training that he went through is entirely, was entirely different than the training today. Um, 
because they were training to do something that had never been done and, and or was, was unsure it could be done. The risks were very high. The equipment was being developed and had to be was being tested. 